This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Good morning and welcome to Dollars and Change. I'm Catherine Klein, Vice Dean for Social Impact here at Wharton. And I'm Sandy Hunt, Senior Director at the Wharton Social Impact Initiative. And we are happy to be back in the studio, ready for rocking and rolling and, and talking about social impact. <laughs> back on our home turf after being in New York together, I, I, hosting I, last week. I know, that was so much fun. It was a blast. It was a blast. It was a blast. Our show is always a blast, but it is. Uh, so, yeah. So, we were last week we were at the... Uh, the Global Forum, a uh, annual gathering of Wharton alumni. Actually, they occur in, in places around the world, but it was fun that it was in our uh, you know, near our home turf in New York City, and just an opportunity. If you were listening last week, and we hope you were, uh, you know, to interview eight guests, so a particularly f- packed show. You did a great job hosting. <laughs> it was, well, I did get some feedback from some listeners that it's too fast. Eight, oh, really? Eight segments is too fast. We we barely get into the questions. So either we need to cut the small talk or <laughs> yeah. have fewer guests. But it's I think it was a neat, as I mentioned on the air, Whitman sampler. Yeah. Just a peak, you know, peaked curiosity, and folks can follow up on those organizations if they're interested. But I was really struck by the breadth of paths to impact careers mm, that it demonstrated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, these were not I studied social policy and then I wanted to go work in impact and I went to Africa. It was I worked in finance and then I was on the board of a health tech company right, yeah. or I was in Afghanistan. So it really shows um the diversity in career paths. Right, right, right. The the path I, yeah, I hadn't heard the path very often. And now I'm wonder if I need to correct myself, but it was an interesting path. Let me say that too. I'm on the board of a mm-hmm. nonprofit. To I'm launching my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I I think that's becoming advice that's being given mm-hmm. more and more to students who have a passion for impact. Maybe don't find a dream role in right. it coming out of school. Keep the impact on your resume through board participation. Demonstrate that impact through you know, other activities, and that helps you keep your pulse on right. trends and what's happening in the industry and building your network. Yeah. Any other thoughts that, are, that have stuck with you from the uh, from the, the forum? Oh, so many. I mean, what, I'll, I'll, uh, since I've surprised you with that cold call. Uh, <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. It was, no, I'm saying about some of the sessions I heard where it was just, you know, speaking to the future of business, the future of money. I had some fascinating conversations about blockchain and the potential mm-hmm. for impact around blockchain. Um, makes me want to have a show on blockchain. And, we should. And, yeah, yeah, because uh, it's it's such a great opportunity to explore. Like, what the heck is blockchain? Um, so you know, that's that's one of those things that 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 sticks with me. Also, it's always great to hear entrepreneurs' stories about the path and just you know, and obviously, well, about as the alumni forum, we're hearing. Um, uh, alumni and and non alumni speaking to you know who are very successful, mm-hmm. but it's always useful to realize just how many you know how many bumps on the road they experienced, how many no's they experienced in their fundraising efforts, you know how many turns they took. So yes, very very useful. And I think my answer to your question now, having had a moment to mull, was how hopeful it made me to see impact showing up in every conversation. Mm. You know, even if it wasn't in. Um, if it wasn't the core of the, the right. dialogue around finance or um, 
innovation, it, it's creeping in yeah. um, everywhere. And some places it's main stage and some places it's a part of a whole, but it's really becoming a part of the conversation right. consistently right. and an expectation of how you're considering risk and how you're considering opportunity in global markets, a lot about Africa and just sort of the, the market growth that's coming from emerging markets. So it was neat that 10 years ago, only a few panels at that conference might have been pertinent to our work. Right. This year, it showed up in everything in all different ways. Yeah. And it's true. I would also say that I saw the same thing in informal conversations. So mm -hmm. what I would introduce mm -hmm. myself to people, I was like, oh, Wharton's doing this. Let's talk about this. This is how I'm doing it. Or I've been involved in green tech for you know 20 years. Mm -hmm. Before green tech was a term, You know, I'm interested in impact investing. What is your fund doing? Or... I'm advising, uh, you know, high net worth individuals, and they want to know how to get into impact investing. We heard it just yeah. in lots of different places. Well, and, and what is social impact? How do you define that? Mm, right, yeah. that's such a broad question. But if you consider the behavior and treatment of your employees, social impact, companies are exposed in a whole new way in this generation with social media. Right. You know, there is, um, you know, if culture is poor, if your lactation room is in an IT closet. Those photos go on Instagram in an instant. You know, those comments go on Glassdoor. And so I think hopefully a lot of folks are interested in impact coming from the right angle, but mm -hmm. it's also becoming necessary defense yeah. to think about your impact, um, you know, in this age where everyone's voice and story carries. Right, right. So uh, speaking of stories and speaking of companies, let's uh, give a little preview of our guest today. We're going to start uh, in a few moments talking with John Sedaris. He's the managing partner and co-founder of Blueprint New York City, NYC. Blueprint NYC helps their clients connect with their employees and customers by producing engaging and innovative experiences through live meetings and events, trainings, and employee communications. So we're going to be talking with him about uh, their company, what they do, and some hints perhaps about creating great events, but also focusing on their new give back program, which weaves volunteerism into the company culture. Uh, and some lessons learned uh, on, on how do you do that. So maybe a particular of interest to those of you who are listening and who are entrepreneurs thinking, you know, we're so busy. What do we? How do we do this volunteering thing? I'd like to do it. How do we do it? Um, and then we'll, uh, in the uh, second segment, we'll be talking with Lindsay Beck and Katerina Schwab. They're the co-founders and co-CEOs of a, a company called NPX, um, where they are leading the charge to transform the way impact is financed in the nonprofit sector. NPX uh, recently announced the launch of their first donor fund to ensure uh, every dollar donated will um, will have an impact. Um, we'll be talking about this. It's kind of a Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay Beck is someone I've known for a very long time. Lindsay uh, is a graduate of the Wharton School and was you know passionate about finding a way to really drive finance to high impact nonprofits. Uh, and you know this is, there is they've had very exciting news in, in the work they're doing uh, with the last mile in California, so it'll be really interesting. It's a it's a it's a, a disruptive innovation, early stages of a disruptive innovation in in nonprofit financing, uh, melding impact investing and, and nonprofit financing. So uh, we'll, we'll geek out some, but we yeah. promise to make it clear. And, and if it sounds too financy for some of our listeners who think, well, I'm not going to create an innovative finance model, I bet she's going to share a lot of 
they are going to share a lot of very interesting things about how to assess impact yep. when looking at nonprofits and how to identify those high-impact right. nonprofits. Right. So there's going to be something here for a lot of our listeners. It's true. And it's um, it's been a journey for them. You know, they, this is something that Lindsay uh, and Katarina have been talking about for a, a long time. And, you know, speaking about the entrepreneur's journey and bumps on the road. And it's, it's uh, there have been a lot of interest in their model, but it's been challenging to, to uh, actually bring their model on board and, and get there. And they also have a, uh, you know, quite a, they, they've attracted a lot of interest, um, you know, from, from uh, Branson and others, mm-hmm. uh, big names in philanthropy and investing. So, you know, even that, those networking stories, I think there's, some, there's something for us to learn from, from Lindsay and Katerina. Um, and then we'll be talking with Lori McKenzie um, in about an hour. She's the executive director of Stanford University's Clayman Institute for Gender Research and uh, the co-founder of the Stanford Center for Women's Leadership. So a real opportunity to dig into issues around women's leadership, but also, uh, you know, what, how a university engages in this space, the mm-hmm. power of research, what do we know about uh, gender bias uh, in the, the workplace, how do we combat that and really promote women's leadership, why should we care, how do you do it, how do you, mm-hmm. do, you know, so that should be a, a great conversation. And in our final half hour, we'll be uh, have kind of open phones and open conversation talking about all these fascinating guests at time we particularly look for. Uh, our listeners to call us. Uh, you can call us anytime at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, or email us at businessradio at seriousxm dot com. So, because we we love to hear from our listeners and and just uh, know what you're thinking about all these guests. So, I think we're ready. Let's turn to it. Uh, our first guest is John Sedaris, managing partner at Blueprint NYC. John, uh, welcome to the program. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much. A pleasure to be here. Great to have you with us. Um, so you are a managing partner and co-founder of Blueprint NYC. Um, tell us, uh, our listeners who may not be familiar with your company, you know, what what exactly you do. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, my partner and I, uh, DJ Hansen, uh, founded Blueprint NYC approximately uh, six years ago. As just the two of us, uh, and now we are a company of approximately 40 people uh, with offices both on New York, in New York City and in San Francisco. So we've had some tremendous, exciting growth uh, over uh, the past six years, yeah. um, which obviously we're super excited about. Uh, we have uh, amazing people uh, that work with us and really, I think, share our passion uh, for what we do and our values. Um, as you mentioned before, uh, we really uh, we produce innovative live events such as meetings, uh, training, and commu- creative communication strategies that really help our clients connect with their employees and bolster engagement with each other. Uh, we have a wide variety of companies from Fortune 500 companies to a lot of smaller companies, um, and we are equal opportunists, so we enjoy working with everyone. So. Uh, let's let's stick with your business for a moment. I do definitely want to you know, talk with you about impact and volunteering and and sure. make the connection to social impact. But I'm you know I'm struck listening to you uh, and some of our listeners maybe as well. Um, you know meetings, meetings and conferences. Wow, you know we go to them with with such hopes for connection and interesting content, and so often they are disappointing. Uh, and uh, you know they just. We don't have the content. We don't have the experiences uh, that we would hope for. Uh, do you have any kind of 
advice for people planning meetings, planning a gathering that, you know, you really need to think about X beforehand. Uh, anything that would make, you know, that you've observed, come on, people, you can at least be thinking about this and trying to create this. <laughs> That's a great question, Catherine. And, and it's interesting because it's really the reason why DJ and I founded Blueprint NYC. We really saw a need for doing things differently, not the same old, same old. And I'd say one of the biggest things you need to really look out for is your audience. I think one of the biggest mistakes that many of our clients make, even unwittingly, um, is really focusing more on kind of the information they want to get out, or you might have marketing needing to get you know their information out, let's say, uh, during their presentation, and then sales has their statistics and numbers and messaging they need to also promote. Uh, but really, the people you need to think about are your audience. Uh, you have to think about these people are going to be sitting in their seats for a half hour, an hour, possibly two hours, and how are you going to engage them? Mm-hmm. How are you really going to connect with them? How are you going to really make them feel uh, passionate about what they do? And I think that in a nutshell, is really uh, the goal for us is to really help our clients really become audience advocates. And, and John, we're seeing more and more uh, impact woven into these events. Companies who are making the uh, you know their com- corporate gatherings part volunteerism, um, you know, giving additional stage time to their philanthropic or impact efforts you have the vantage point of looking at the events these companies are hosting and their materials and their agendas. What trends are you seeing around impact as a part of the conversation and content of these events? Well, it's tremendous. It's interesting to see even over the course of, we founded our company six years ago that I've been doing this or in this business much longer, say 20 years, and to really see the trajectory um, and the interest level in terms of uh, really being involved in doing community work or proactively uh, encouraging volunteerism, uh, not just at the meetings themselves, but at the workplace has been significant uh, and certainly heartening for us to see and experience. And and so you've been thinking about how to do this within your own company. Uh, What is this give back program? What's how, you know, what what is this program? How did it come about? (laughs) Uh, Thank you for asking that. Uh, I'd say really, it goes back to both uh, DJ and I. We both have always been extremely passionate about uh, giving back to the community, uh, passionate about what's going on in the world today. Um, so I'd say giving back was always part of the Blueprint culture. Um, and for years we've been doing uh, pro bono work for a number of organizations. Um, <clears throat> but we realized that with being so focused on our work uh, and our clients that sometimes focusing on our internal give-back efforts uh, were really difficult. They would really ebb and flow. Uh, So since the idea of give-back was so important, we knew we wanted to really embrace it, um, formalize it, um, and enjoy it. Uh, So our people are so passionate about what they do, um, and we wanted to really invoke and really encourage uh, that passion in terms of giving back, and we realized we needed to create uh, a formal program in order to do that. Um, and what we did was create a program that we call 242, uh, two days that are company-wide where uh, both offices in New York City and San Francisco participate. Uh, we recently, back in May, uh, had a company-wide day where 
the New York City office, went down to Governor's Island um, and volunteered in terms of uh, park cleanup, uh, weeding, planting, uh, uh, even painting fences, uh, while simultaneously in San Francisco, uh, folks there went to the botanical gardens and helped volunteer in terms of, again, doing a lot of that weeding and cleanup. Um, and it was an opportunity to, to, as a company, really experience something together uh, and create a real bonding. Uh, then we have what's called two. Uh, those are our two personal days where anybody can do anything that they're passionate about or feel strongly about. We recently had our very own um, Chef Martin, who just came back from Puerto Rico. Um, she spent four days there uh, really working uh, for hurricane relief mm-hmm. uh, with an organization out of New York City. Um, and those are two paid days uh, that everyone at Blueprint gets uh, to do something they feel strongly about. And John, I'm curious, you know, what, what I love about this segment is that I think when we think about who our listeners are, who, you know, who, who's working in America, Everyone doesn't have the luxury and privilege like Catherine and I do to have impact be the focus of our jobs every day. Um, and more often it shows up in organizations like yours where we're a company with whatever our business you know, line or product is and we embed impact in our organization. So I think this is really relevant for a lot of our listeners. What I'm curious about is you're a small-ish business owner. You have 40 employees. Um you know, are there trade-offs you have to make? I mean, this is eight days of productivity per year of your employees. How do you justify the business case? Um, how do you know how much time to give employees impact to invest in as an organization is valuable and beneficial to culture? And when does it get to a point that it is, um, you know, maybe having a negative impact on your bottom line? How do you make that call? Uh, I think this is something that's ever-evolving um, and that we're learning from. It's interesting because as a company, we offer generally uh, as a start of four weeks off uh, for anyone who works at Blueprint, whether they've worked for us for a week or for four years. Um, And we honestly have a difficult time even getting people to take vacation days. (laughs) So in terms of productivity, like we find it's tremendous, like any sort of community work we do, volunteerism. um, Really helps to bolster our own internal community at Blueprint. I, I think it it, it certainly, on the back end, productivity just can only increase when you have people that are feeling good about who they are, who they're working with, uh, their employers. Uh, so for us, I'd say it's ever-evolving in terms of really learning from, you know, what we're doing and how to change it. We're, we're talking with John Sedaris. He's the managing partner and co-founder of Blueprint NYC. John, as you uh, as you thought about you know doing more to give back and to engage, uh, I'm wondering you know how did you choose a, a focal a focus area? You uh, what did you consider as you were were making these decisions? I mean, you know, it sounds from your description, if I'm if I'm getting this right, um, you know, it sounds like people are free to do a lot of different things. Uh, and when you have a company day, it's kind of hands on. You know, perhaps an alternative is we're going to have a number of uh, X number of pro bono clients. We know how to create great events, and we will, uh, you know, make sure that we are are creating great events for uh, companies and organizations that couldn't normally afford our services, but we believe in their missions and want to help them. Yeah, uh, for us, um, I really it it really stems from I think our values. 
if if I were to be giving advice to a, another small company owner, I'd say really, I think what would what would really help is to really identify, you know, what's important to you, what your values are, um, and where you'd like to make a difference. And that's really our starting place. Um, so tell us, have, yeah. So tell us more about what you know what you settled on when you think about your values. I mean, we we know that there's a real challenge often to defining values, and we all sort of believe in excellence and fairness and compassion, and you know, and the risk is these innovation. become bu- and innovation, right? <laughs> these become buzzwords yeah. uh, and not very defining. It's true, and it's it's how do you uh, how do you avoid the buzzwords, and how do you really like take action? Mm-hmm. And I think for us, you know, we've seen particularly in, the, in these times, these political times, we've seen large corporations uh, take uh, corporate social responsibility. Uh, and I think we really took a step back and we said we're a small company, uh, but we certainly can have a big voice. You know, and where and how can we make a difference? What's important to us? Um, and I think that, that's the place we started. Um, and then for DJ and I, we are a, a gay-owned and operated company. Uh, so for us personally, for instance... Uh, we got involved with an organization called TAG, uh, which is a treatment action group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a science-based uh, group that works to expand and accelerate really vital research, <clears throat> excuse me, and effective community engagement uh, with research and policy institutions. And, and ultimately, they work to ensure that all people uh, with HIV, TB, or hepatitis C receive life-saving treatment care and information. So for us, that's very personal. Uh, we feel extremely passionate about working with this organization, um, and it's, it's greatly fulfilling. So that's just one example. Got it. Uh, and John, we're going to come uh, rapidly to the end of this segment. I wonder what your advice is. Like, very, can you can you give us some some practical advice again, perhaps for small business owners who think, "Yep, you know, I've been meaning to do this and I haven't quite done this." What are first steps? How can they, you know, engage? Well, for us, we actually put a committee together, a task force mm-hmm. of approximately six people, and we uh, asked for volunteers on both coasts in our San Francisco and our New York office, um, and really tasked them uh, with the goal of coming up with a program that felt like it met the needs um, of the company. Uh, so it wasn't just DJ and myself making decisions about uh, particular organizations or initiatives that were important to us, but really kind of polling, if you will, the entire organization to say, hey, <clears throat> I love doing this, or this particular organization is important to me. Um, and that honestly is really, I think, a really great place to start because it helps you to put and formalize a program. Right. Uh, yeah. Sounds, sounds like good advice. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And, uh, you know, great to hear the the work that you're doing, both uh, in your you know in your core business and in this kind of volunteerism and activism, and a great model for for lots of small businesses. So, uh, thanks to John Sedaris, who's the managing partner and co-founder of Blueprint NYC. Thanks for being with us. Well, in our nine thirty segment, uh, when we we'd love to hear from others about you know what are your businesses doing to create an impact? What have the challenges been that you have found? Uh, what are the opportunities that you found? We're going to take a uh, short break, and then we'll be back with Lindsay Beck and Katerina Schwab, the co-founders and co-CEOs of NPX, where they're leading the charge to transform uh, the nonprofit sector with a really fascinating uh, um, model of finance to drive 
impact. So we'll be back with Lindsay and Katerina after a moment. This is Katherine Klein on Dollars and Change. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 